I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. What's going down? Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of What's Going Down here on uh, wherever you get your podcast, whether it's on itrwrestling.com or on your your phone. Uh, my name is Kenny, I'm joined as always by Finley Martin. I apologise for this being a day late, that's a, a thing that I had to take care of, but we're here Finn, better late than never is what they say. That is what they say Kenny, and I don't know what's going on in Glasgow, but it's pretty miserable here in Lancaster, I've got the lights on, it feels like night time, and as we record this, it's... 4.22 p.m. It is, it is. And I mean, you know, there's a lot of people now saying, do we really need to do this, turning back of the clocks? You know, is that a thing of the past? You know, I wonder if that'll be something in a couple of years we stop doing. And you never know. What's that joke, you know? You know, I'll give it six months. <laughs> hey! He's bringing the jokes today. Well, I said, uh, we've got loads to talk about. Uh, obviously, it's been going on in wrestling. I did want to ask you, <clears throat> quickly about uh, last week on AEW uh, Dynamite, we had, we kind of saw a tease of a babyface turn for MJF, um, yes. obviously by the firm beating up John Moxley at the end of the show. Um, I know we've talked about the kind of Moxley MJF stuff so far. As as we sit here right now, we're kind of what three weeks away from full gear, two and a half weeks. The yeah, it's uh, two weeks on Saturday, isn't it? Yes, two and a half weeks away. Um, if it were you and you had the pencil, and would you go? Would you 
turn him babyface now, or would you have it be a ruse and keep him heel? What would you do with MJF? Oh, I mean, I think he, he has to turn because if it's another ruse, I think people will feel very let down again. And I think that would be something different. I mean, if it just proves to be another setup, you're like, we've been here before. You know, we we talked about this last week, didn't we? We've been here before more than once with mm-hmm. MJF. So if it were to happen again, it would just make Moxley look foolish um, if he were to fall for it. So I think, I mean, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because I think you've almost got to do MJF as a tweener character. So he almost needs to be like an Austin type character where he's a baby face. But he he doesn't do traditional baby face things. He, I think MGF needs to retain like 85% of his old character in order to remain effective. Um, but I mean, the simple answer to the question is, yeah, I don't think this can be another ruse. Because I don't think it is. People will just, they would just feel like they've been taken for suckers again, Kenny. I think they'll just feel let down, deflated. And um and I think, you know, it's it's got to be MGF's night at full gear. Surely he wins the belt there. I mean, he can't fail um, in this match, surely. Um, so I think him winning the belt combined with him doing this face tweener turn, tweener turn, anti-hero character. Is mm-hmm. that the phrase? Is that the word to describe him or words to describe him? Like an anti-hero type yeah, that's the personality? One. I think we- that would work. We've also got this happening at the same time that we're seeing Brian Danielson's character take a little bit of a shift where, you know, he's kind of, is he getting on with the Blackpool Combat Club? So, you know, if Brian was to was to kind of revert back to being a heel and MGF's a babyface, that's quite a good programme to do. Um, because yeah, I, t- I mean, I think I think Danielson needs to turn because, I mean, he's been he's lost a lot of matches as a face. I mean, Wheeler Utah, they did that sit-down interview, didn't they, with um, Rene... Paquettes. Yep. And um and Utah basically made him look like an idiot. You know, he said, Well, we knew that Daniel Garcia was playing you. We knew that he wasn't on board with this face turn and this um unit with you, and that he was, you know, an agent working for the Jericho Appreciation Society, or you know, Utah saying Castagnoli and I knew it all along and you fell for it. So I think Danielson has to, there has to be a shift here for Danielson's character as well. I mean, what more can he do as part of this Blackpool Combat Club, really? I mean, and whereas as a as a heel, as a you know, full-blown heel, it's a different character. It puts distance between um you know, or we would put distance between uh where he is now and where he's going to be. You know, when you do the big turn, it kind of wipes the slate clean, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a new start for your career. Um, so I think he needs to do that as well. And I'm with you, yeah. If MGF does this turn or sticks with this turn, apparently the turn happened last week, and that's for keeps, then I think Danielson needs to flip as well so that he can then, you know, the arrangement, it's it's you know, it's compatible then with Danielson as heel and MGF as a face. So then you've got a new program effectively between those two. Presumably Moxley will be uh, taking that long-awaited break from AEW after full gear, Kenny. Yes, you would think that he's done his service and, uh, you know, I think giving him maybe the rest of the year off, bringing him back in the new year is probably a good move. 
Yeah. So we'll see. I don't. I don't think the MGS going to be feuding with the firm. Put it that way. I think that they. I don't think they. They're going to be top tier players. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Um, I don't think so. I don't think they're quite at his level. But I mean, he could have a little mini feud with them. I mean, presumably, is he wrestling tonight on Dynamite MGF? Have they announced anything? No. So tonight is going to be Moxley against some somebody from the firm. Um, okay. I think it's actually Lee Moriarty. Okay. Well, you would think that MGF will be involved in that match in some fashion. Yeah. Or we'll do a promo on the firm or members of the firm. Um, are you, there's going to be a continuation of that tonight, surely on Dynamite. So, um, but yeah, I mean, MGF could have like a mini feud with the firm and beat them fairly easily. I mean, it's hard to really see anyone in that faction who poses a threat to MGF. I mean, they're all sort of mid-level players, and that's putting it charitably, isn't it, Kenny? <laughs> yeah, you're being you being very kind. Um, <laughs> but we'll see. We'll we'll see how it all pans out. In the lead up to full gear, uh, let's move on to SmackDown. Um, on the show, we saw um, we saw the opening match be Ridge Holland and Butch against Sami Zayn and Solo Score. We actually saw um, Ridge and Butch get the win uh, with shenanigans, of course, and um, you know Jay screaming at Sami Zayn afterwards. But really, the big story of the show was the promo that followed after this, where we get the entire bloodline in the ring, including Reigns. And Zane is just kind of, you know, playing playing it so well that he's like, you know, I don't know what I did to offend you. Why can't you just like me? Um, and then, you know, he's pleading for him to shake his hand and he won't do it. And then Jay, say, Jay says, I don't like your hair. I don't like your face. I don't like your T-shirt. I don't like the in the bloodline when you're not blood. Um, and then he calls him a, a fake ass us. And then Sammy Zane says, you know, um, I'm just doing what the tribal chief said. And Jay screams... I don't give a damn what the tribal chief said. I mean, Finn, you could cut the tension with a knife when Roman Reigns reacted to that one. Oh, it was brilliant, wasn't it? They, they, they had the camera on Reigns, and then they went went for like a close up there, and like everyone just went ooh, ooh. <laughs> and um, Reigns turned round, and like Jay's like, "Oh no, what have I said?" And then Sammy made the save, didn't he? So hold mm-hmm. on a minute, Roman. You know, Jay didn't mean that. And Jay's like, I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. I shouldn't have said that. And uh, he's just not been feeling very oozy at the moment. And then we had this close-up, didn't we, in the ring with the camera of Reigns and Jay and Sammy. And, I mean, there's, watching this, I mean, Jay ended up cracking up, didn't he? He ended up just cracking up. And you just think, <laughs> how the hell did... You know, I'm surprised Reigns didn't slap him. But, I mean, I guess we're not at that point yet where he can do that. You know, just a spontaneous thing. You know, why are you laughing? This is serious business. And, um... I mean, mean, we should should mention, just for clarity, in case anyone's wondering why Roman Reigns and Jey Uso corpsed so badly to this, is that apparently Usi, in Samoan slang... Is a is a English slang word for a vagina, and this <laughs> is why they lost their mind. And you got to believe Sami Zayn. I mean, maybe he didn't know that that was what it was, but it just was he this must kind of. Terrifying... He must know. I didn't know that until you just told me. But surely Sami Zayn, having hung around these people for many many weeks now, and mm-hmm. having used that phrase before, would surely have looked it up and would know. 
I mean, you, I mean, he even said in an interview recently, Sami Zayn said, "I do, I do try to break them," and I mean, it was so good because Roman Reigns is just at a point now where he just he just breaks a little bit, and that's fine. But yeah. Jay's really trying not to. You know, he's got his hands, he's got his head in his hands. He's trying to look away from the camera, um, and it's just this kind of perfect storm of we're all we're all in on the joke, and we're kind of happy to see, you know, them. Have fun with it. So it was, it, it was a, a great segment, and it then was. they got it, it they got it back to where it needed to be. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. I mean, in many ways, it didn't matter that Jay cracked up, and Sammy's there saying to Jay, "You know what's going on here?" The tribal chief said he wants peace, and then that led to the the famous Jay line. I don't give a damn what the tribal chief said, and Reigns was deeply vexed, and you know, Sammy made the save, and. Uh, you know, and then Renz said to Jay, you know, you need to figure this out. And if you don't figure this out, if you don't get on the same page and don't find a way of coexisting with Sammy, we're going to name him Sammy Uzo. And like Sammy's there, it's like beaming. I'm having flashbacks to all those pictures. You know, he used to have a pose when he was El Generico, where he put his uh-huh. finger up in the air and just pulled this really sort of animated, you know, outrageous, absurd grin when he was um, El Generico, Sami Zayn, and he was doing that here. And uh, Sami couldn't believe it. You know, he's finally possibly going to receive acceptance and become a full-blown, full-blooded, Kenny, mm-hmm. member of the bloodline. Uh, Sami was there ecstatic. And, you know, the amusing thing about all this is that Paul Heyman's almost redundant. And Paul Heyman's usually the, the guy setting everything up, and he's usually the one who's oftentimes carrying these segments and it's Sammy and it's Jay Reigns is really playing a supporting role here and in the end uh, Heyman did have a little speaking role uh, and he did the basically a straight sort of blatant promo for um, Reigns' match with Logan Paul at uh, Crown Jewel um, but yeah the, the the thrust of this was was Sammy, Jay not getting along, Jay upsetting Reigns and then Reigns telling Jay, it's up to you um, to find a way to coexist with Sammy. Otherwise, Sammy was changing his name and he's effectively going to be one of your brothers. So, I mean, I'm, yeah, I mean, we know where all this is going. I mean, they announced, did they announce on this show? Was it on Raw? Oh, yeah, it was on this show. They announced that Elimination Chamber will be held on February 18th in Montreal. Mm-hmm. I foresee a big event in Sammy's future. I think Elimination Chamber is going to be Sammy's night. I'm not saying he's going to become champ, but something big is going to happen on that show. I mean, it'd be great to see. I mean, the thing, the good thing about this, we've talked about this before, but you know, with Vince not in the in the in the saddle anymore, it kind of leads you to we don't know what's going to happen. You know, we could we could see it that Sammy does join join the Usos as a full fledged member. Maybe he's there through WrestleMania. Maybe WrestleMania is the night that he turns. Maybe he has maybe he has a title match with Roman at the Montreal show. Maybe yeah. he wins the Rumble. There's so many options of how this could go, and it's that's kind of exciting that we're in that position. Well, it is. Yeah, there's so many corridors you can go down here. I mean, you know, he's he's like at the giant, effectively a giant roundabout, isn't he? Which which road is he going to take? And and all options work. And I believe that 
uh, Kevin Owens has basically been placed on the back burner now because Owens and Zayn were going to team up, and I still believe they will team up. But WWE has recognized just how hot this program is and how there's so much mileage left in it. So why choose that road? Why leave the roundabout now? They're kind of effectively still driving round and round the roundabout, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Until they get to the point where it's time to just choose whichever turn off they need, uh, you know, an opportune time when they feel that this story as it is right now has peaked. And I don't feel it has. No. You know, I think there's there's going to be a huge thing here where there's going to be a ceremony. Inevitably, Sammy's going to be renamed. And there's going to be a big ceremony. And this is the sort of thing that WWE does better than any other wrestling company. And there's going to be a big ceremony and he'll officially be renamed. Or will he? Will he do the turn at that point? And what's fascinating about this is that we know that they're, they've got a lot of patience with this one. They're not sticking to a hard and fast plan. Because if they were, no doubt Zayn would have been already thrown out the bloodline and he'd be teaming it with Owens and... To be, you know, setting up the uh, Zayn versus Roman Reigns match and then potentially Zayn and Owens versus Jimmy and Jay, which I think is how this will end. Um, but at this moment in time, they're not rushing anything and nor should they, because this is T- this is wrestling TV gold, Kenny. It is. And, uh, you know, they've, yeah, they've, they've not even hit the peak yet of it. It's still on the way up. So long may it continue. Indeed. Um, we did on SmackDown also see the return of Emma, um, former Tennille Gashford, who was an impact. She made her return, uh, answering Ronda Rousey's open challenge. It's good to see her back, but I can't, I can't say this match with Ronda Rousey was great. It I was would agree. A challenge. Yeah, there was a lot. Of, it was a challenge for us as viewers, wasn't it? Just to get through it without turning the channel. I mean, there was a, quite a few moments of hesitation, clumsiness. Um, at times, it just didn't seem like they were communicating very well, which has been a common shortcoming, a common problem, complaint uh, about Ronda Rousey's matches. I mean, they need to just get shallow or someone back. Just get someone back who can work with this person and just knows how to put a match together with her. I mean, presumably the, they are going through these matches beforehand and they're doing run-throughs. And if they're not, they should be. And if they're only doing one, they need to do two or three before Ronda's matches go on the air because it's like she's just not retaining in her mind what it is that she's supposed to be doing next. And it's very obvious. So I don't think it was a particularly good comeback for Emma. Um, I thought she was much better in a heel role in Impact. Um, certainly same went for Madison Rain, uh, who I believe is still a face in AEW. I don't think they've turned it yet, have they, Kenny? I mean, I've no. missed that one. I don't think so, as far as I'm aware, unless they've I mean, done it on Dark or something. But Yeah, I mean, Madison Rain is like five times better as a villain. Same with Emma. Um, I'm glad she's back, and I'm sure Madcap Moss is very happy because he'd been campaigning for her to uh, receive another contract. Um, but, yeah, this was... Um, this was not this was not the best way to bring her back. Firstly, with a loss, and second, or, or rather, firstly against Ronda Rousey because she doesn't really have good matches with anyone, and secondly, with a loss to Ronda Rousey. But yeah, um, I don't really know what to say other than that about this comeback for Emma. I'm sure she's 
if she, she probably can't bring herself to watch the match back because uh, she certainly looked a hell of a lot better than this in other promotions against other opponents uh, that I saw her wrestle against. Uh, this was, um, yeah, things can only get better, Kenny. Hopefully, maybe. Okay. I don't know. Maybe they can't. Maybe they'll get worse. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think Emma's a good person to have on the roster, especially given some of the, the guff they've had in the past. So hopefully she can settle into a character that works uh, down the line, but not a good start. No. Um, and then the only other thing from SmackDown is going to bring up is the Bray Wyatt main event promo where he talks about, you know, we're getting to see the real Bray Wyatt. And it's just me and you, and there's no smoke and mirrors. It's the best version of himself. And then he gets interrupted by a man in a mask who takes his mask off and has another mask on. And he says a bunch of things, but the, the thing he said was that you'll never be able to hide from your Uncle Howdy. And that's the that's the end. We're I, I feel like we're veering into him saying a lot of stuff and nothing really happening, but maybe it's maybe something's gonna happen soon. How are you feeling about it now that we're week three or four into the process? Um, I mean, a lot of people um, compared Uncle Howdy to um, to Kevin Nash's Oz in WCW, <laughs> which not... is not a flattering comparison. <laughs> I also saw some people trying to say that uh, Uncle Howdy might be Barry Windham, uh, well, who, I th- who I think is his uncle, right, in real life. Um, uh, yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, I don't, I, I, I don't know what Barry Windham's. I mean, I know he's not obviously in wrestling shape anymore, but I don't know if he's healthy enough to do some sort of character like this. Well, he was never much of a promo guy. So, I mean, it was it was actually Bray's voice, wasn't it, that was used? Yes, it was Bray's voice. So... But has that thrown us off the track? Yeah, I'm thrown us off the sense, so to speak. But, I mean, I'm not sure if anyone would remember who Barry Windham is. Yeah. It's so long since he's appeared on wrestling TV last time. He would have appeared on certainly anything major would have been WCW when he was part of um, the um, West Texas Rednecks. West Texas Rednecks, wasn't it? Yep. Yep. West Texas Rednecks back in 1999. 99, which was a lousy feud with Master P and his No Limit Soldiers. I mean, that was just dreadful. Last time he appeared in the WWF, he was in Jim Cornette's new NWA faction. Yeah, I think was that before that. I think that was before. Yeah, that was his that was his last WWF appearance. Yeah, so I mean that's so long ago that who's going to remember that? So, I mean, we've talked quite a bit about Bray Wyatt, and I mean, I want to I want to have good thoughts about this, Kenny. But I mean, as each week passes, (laughs) it's becoming more and more difficult. Um, I. I'm sure they've got a plan. I mean, this was felt to me like a setback. Uncle Howdy just looked naff. I just thought it looked preposterous. So <laughs> they're on the verge of losing me, Kenny, already. So something big needs to happen this week or at Crown Jewel. Now, is Crown Jewel happening? Because, I mean, isn't there some, like, security alert floating yeah, apparently around? There's, apparently there's <clears throat> intelligence that says that Iran is planning an attack on Saudi Arabia. But apparently, as of now, the WWE show is going on, but it's being monitored and there's contingency plans if something happens. Okay. Okay. But Bray Wyatt is supposed to be at Crown Jewel. Yes, they made a point, didn't they, of of announcing that. So, you know, one imagines that they have 
something planned that is more consequential than this. Uh, but yeah, they need to start turning up the heat on Bray. They need to start putting the, you know, putting the foot down on the accelerator pedal and doing something that's going to restore my hope and the hope of others. Because all I read about this segment was people, you know, mocking it and just already wondering if this can work. Um, so there's a lot of people right now very sceptical about the future of this character. So they need to get their acts together on this one, Kenny. That's my view. What do you think? Yeah, I think um, I th I'm, I'm with you. The, the danger of losing me, they need to do something to just kind of progress the story a little bit. Because I think people are, people are still quite excited. So you want to do something while the excitement is still there. You don't want to wait for it to... You know, the, the, the Sammy and Jay thing is a perfect example of that something seems to happen every week. Yeah. But also, if you miss a week, you can get caught up in what you missed. Um, it's paced very well, is the point. Yeah. And the Bray Wyatt thing needs to be, you know, start pressing fast forward. Let's get a bit of speed going here. Yeah, that's um, it. And he just he needs to challenge someone. I, I think he, he just needs to have a match and it needs to be a good match. It needs to be a different character or you know, vulnerabilities and selling and different, you know, not a completely different style, but he needs to do something different to what we've seen from him previously. Mm -hmm. And I think that needs to happen. I would I'm probably not a crown jewel because I think if he was going to wrestle, they would have announced that. But it, maybe they could do something physical there. Maybe he could be in the ring and someone could interrupt him. I think that might go somewhere towards allaying our fears. But I think he needs to announce post-Crown Jewel who his first opponent proper is going to be and just get the show on the road with that um, and just start doing something. Because at the moment, he just feels like he's treading water. In fact, not treading water, on the verge of drowning. Mm-hmm. Um, well, listen, let's move on to Raw. And um, we did, we were supposed to have a sit-down uh, split-the-screen interview with Lashley and Brock Lesnar. And as Lashley's sitting waiting there, Brock doesn't turn up and Brock actually turns up in the arena instead. And he comes out, the crowd are very pro-Brock and then uh, says he wants to fight. And then Lashley ends up leaving the interview area. Um, he comes out, they start, you know, trying to fight. Um, you know, Lesnar tackles Lashley in the aisle. We've got security, wrestlers, referees, Triple H. Everybody's there to try and break this up. And uh, Lesnar eventually get, gets to Lashley again on stage. Lashley, Lashley gets pushed. And then Triple H tells the referee to tell them that if they fight now, then the fight at Crown Jewel will be off. So if they touch each other, the match at Crown Jewel is off. I mean, this is a pretty good segment to get us hyped for the match. And, you know, with Lesnar and Lashley, you need this kind of frenetic energy, I think. Yeah, I think so. Um and I mean, it was quite funny, wasn't it? Triple H said to Lesnar, "If you know, if this goes any further, then, the, then it's off." Lesnar just ran past him, <laughs> went for Lashley again. It's just like, oh dear, you know, your authority is uh, is in question here, uh, Mister Helmsley. So, um, yeah, it was lots of people involved, and I think it was. I mean, we've seen these pull aparts many times, and I think it was. I think the the angle was 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 fitting with what with the characters and with what has happened um, and with what is coming. I just hope they don't give us like a three or four minute match, you know, which we have seen before from Lesnar, and we've seen that from him before as well in Saudi. Um, 
I'm not quite sure who's going to win this one. Um, not sure at all. And I think in some ways, I mean, they both need a win, don't they? I mean, Lashley lost the US title to Seth Rollins. Lesnar lost his last match to Roman Reigns. Um, I mean, you would think that it's going to be Lesnar who goes over. Um, maybe someone will interfere and cost Lashley the match. I'm not sure. But I mean, both guys need the win, don't they, Kenny? Yes, so it'll be interesting to see how they, what they do. Um, this is a, a test for Triple H to to not, you know, this is one of the, I mean, is this the, this is the first proper Brock Lesnar match on his watch that yes. he's put together. So we'll see what he's got up his sleeve. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm not quite sure what either of these two do to next. I mean, is Lesnar going to face Gunter early next year? I mean, that feels like a WrestleMania caliber match. They don't really want to rush it. I think that maybe, match could be could be huge for both men. Maybe maybe Gunther eliminates Brock from the Rumble or something. Maybe that's how you start it. Yeah, could be a way to do it. And then maybe Brock maybe Brock costs Gunther the IC title. And then... Yeah, possibly, yeah, yeah. Uh, in the match with Sheamus, if that happens again, um, presumably there will be another match uh, in their series. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I feel like that's his destination. Um, not quite sure what Lashley does next. Um, it feels yeah. like maybe it's time for him to move over to SmackDown. Yeah, it seems like he's done everything for on him Raw. on Raw, does it? Yeah, he's done everything he can on Raw. So I think it's time for him to make the move. Yeah. Um, Roman Reigns and The Miz. I mean, Roman Reigns is so good now that it's, it's, it's borderline offensive, Finn, how good he is. You know, he does this promo with The Miz and it's so good. And then at the end, he ends up leaving and cutting this promo to the camera about Logan Paul. Um, and and he, he just kind of, you know, he's, he's talking directly to us into the camera as he's walking up the aisle. It feels very different. It feels very unique. Roman's just, I mean, there's nobody like him in wrestling right now. No, no, there isn't. He just he just knows. He's just so self-assured. He knows who he is. He knows what he's done. He knows that it's not hype, that he is the biggest star in the game right now. Um, and he's just, yeah, totally comfortable in this character that he's playing. And this character is is effect is on TV, it is him. He's not playing a character. He is that character. And that's when you know that a character is really over and established and everything else. Um yeah, I mean it's I mean this Logan Paul match, I mean now Jake Paul won, didn't he? He won his boxing uh he, he had beat a, Anderson uh, Silver. And he beat Anderson Silver. So I'm I, in a way I'm slight I was slightly disappointed um, that we didn't have an appearance from Logan Paul on Raw to bring that up. Um, because presumably this Friday SmackDown must be pre-taped, right? It must have already been taped. Yes, it is pre-taped. Now, is Logan do you know if Logan Paul appeared on that? Let me just look for the spoilers. Um But there again, if if because that would have been taped last Friday, which was before his brother's fight, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. So um, that... Yeah, he's not on next. He's not on the show next week. Okay, all right. So I, I would have liked an appearance from Logan Paul to make reference to his brother's win over Silver, mm-hmm. and I think that would have really added a lot of weight to his claim. Listen, you know, people didn't think my brother was going to win against uh, uh, Anderson Silver, and I know people don't believe I'm going to defeat Roman Reigns, 
you know, but I'm going to. They did have some footage, didn't they? Showed footage of um of him sparring. Yes. Against opponents, and they were really trying to. They were talk, they're talking up the the uh, the metal pins in his in his is it right hand, you know. I'm kind of having flashbacks here to Lex Luger with the plate <laughs> in his forearm because I've been writing about that in Q and A actually for the next issue of the magazine. But I mean, so they'd be really like pushing that. Oh, you know, all he needs is one lucky punch. So I would have liked an appearance from Paul, you know, to tie in with his brother's win against Silver. You know, that to me would have been you know make it happen. WWE should have made that one happen. Like a spontaneous thing, let's, or, or maybe Paul, maybe Logan Paul could have sent a video in, even if he couldn't have appeared on the show. Could have done mm-hmm. that, couldn't he? So I think that was kind of a missed opportunity there. But you're right about Reigns. I mean, he ended up. Miz came out and said, "Listen, I know all there is to know about Logan Paul. I can help you." And like Reigns appeared to be interested, you know, in the offer. And then you know, Miz in return was wanting. Reigns to sort out Dexter Loomis. Of course, Reigns wasn't interested in that. He just laid Miz out and walked off and said the things that you just said that he uh, that he said into the camera about his opponent this Saturday at Crown Jewel. So yeah, it was a good little segment. But as I said, they could, I thought there was, there was more they could have done here to promote this match, which let's be honest, who really believes that Logan Paul's going to win, Kenny? You know? Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's too many people who are, who are thinking that one lucky punch thing is going to happen. Um, I did want to get your take, Finn, on Johnny Gargano's WWE Investigates segment. Yeah. What did you... Because this has divided the internet, so, uh, divided online. Some people thought it was really wacky and really funny. Some people thought it was terrible. What did you think of it? Um. Well, Gargano's claiming the Miz and... He played, uh, apparently recorded a conversation between Miz and, well, it wasn't a conversation, it was just Miz talking because, as we know, Dexter Loomis doesn't talk. <laughs> um, so Miz set this one up, according to Gargano. Uh, he paid Dexter off to attack him so that um, there would be more attention on Miz and it would look like, you know, he had a, uh, had a stalker and it would, you know, that was the whole thrust of it was that, this is something that Miz set up from the start to draw more attention to himself. And then it all went off the rails when the Miz stopped making the payments to Dexter Loomis. And now Loomis wants revenge. He wants his money. He feels like he's been shortchanged by Miz. So it's now spun out of control and Miz is no longer in control of this and blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I mean, I suppose, I suppose it's okay. I don't really know where this is going. Um, I mean, it's not, it's not so that so long as it has a good ending, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter if this, if this is sort of weak or ineffectual. I mean, at least this now explains to us why Dexter Loomis is doing what he's doing or has been doing what he's been doing. It's, but it's what happens next, isn't it, that matters that really, I think, determines whether or not this is a success or not. So is this going to lead to a, you know, Loomis versus Miz match? And if it does, Miz needs to, you know, he needs to grow a backbone. And he can't play this comedy character against Loomis for much longer because it's it's just kind of silly, isn't it? Is it going to lead to Miz versus Gargano in a grudge match? Again, I think there needs to be a shift in the, the Miz character because it's just like a frivolous comedy character at this point, isn't it? So, yeah, I'm not I'm not really sold on it. Um, I mean, they can still turn it around. I think they can still make it work, but there needs to be... 
some changes to the characters and to what they're doing. I think it just needs to have more of a serious tinge rather than being like a comedy feud, which is what it is at the moment. Yeah, because I mean, I think, you know, the reenactment stuff, it was kind of funny, but I think <clears throat> I think with Gargano, you're kind of, you're, you're introducing him to a bigger audience. You're introducing him to the main roster audience. So I think that he kind of almost feels like the spare wheel here. Like he feels like, yeah. you know, it's, it's a Miz Dexter Luna story and Gargano is just kind of this guy on the side. I mean, character stuff is what's going to make you last long in WWE. So maybe long term, this is going to be good for him. But it just doesn't feel like at the moment Gargano is really that much of a focus. Um, but yeah, maybe maybe there's plans for him in the new year they've just not gotten to. But I get a kick out of the the reenactments. But I can also understand why. For if you're a Johnny Gargano fan, and you love his wrestling. That maybe this isn't what you want from him. So, yeah, I mean, maybe maybe the outcome of this is Gargano forming a team with Loomis, which would make sense given their history. Yeah, I mean, I was not a fan of Dexter Loomis originally in NXT, um, but I mean, he 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 won me over. You know, he did get over in the end. I think he became a really good character there, and I think he's a character that audiences will embrace in time. Um, they know how to do it. They they succeeded with him in NXT, and I think it will work on the main roster. But I think they need to get away from the Miz because there just needs to be a big match. And they just need to blow this thing off, and they just need to move on because it just feels to me like everyone's kind of meandering here. It's not really doing anything for anyone, um, and they need to move on and just find something, find a storyline with more teeth in it, Kenny. More <laughs> teeth. If, if only, well, but yeah, that, I mean that's that's all we, we can hope for is that that's what they're gonna gonna give us. Mm. Um, listen, the last thing from Raw is we did have the return of Asuka and Alexa Bliss, and yes. the return ended up being a, a good night for them because they ended up defeating Dakota Kai and Io Sky in the main event to win the women's tag team titles. What did you make of their return and the decision to put the belts back or put, to take the belts off of Damage Control and put them onto Asuka and Alexa? Yeah, I think it was the right decision because Asuka and Bliss in the storyline have been sidelined for weeks uh, by damage control. And I think as baby faces, they needed a big win. They've been on the defensive for so long. Um, to me, Kai and Eo Sky just weren't clicking as a team. This whole damage control thing, I was expecting so much more from it than it has delivered and um, if Bailey doesn't win the belt at Crown Jewel, I have no idea what she does next. So to me, it's like, this is a must-win match for a Crown Jewel. And I think Bianca Belair is, I think she's lost interest in being a champion. And I think in some ways she would do better in the challenger role um, rather than a champion. I just, it just doesn't feel like she's really bringing anything, anything new to the role. Um, but there again, you know, Bailey, because this comeback just, I mean, it's been anticlimactic, hasn't it, Kenny? It just really has. So they need a big match. They need a big performance. And I think Bailey needs a win Saturday. Otherwise, I'm not saying she's sunk because she's talented enough to come back from this, but I think it's going to be a real setback for her. Uh, as for, yeah, but to original question, Asuka and Bliss, I thought this was the right outcome for those two. Um, and um, it wasn't a bad match, actually. I thought it was decent. Um, Sky ended up tapping out to the Asker lock as Bailey distracted the ref. And in the end, uh, Bliss pins Sky with Twisted Bliss 
um, from the top rope, of course, and they became champs. And they, you know, they seem really, they seem elated that they won. I really like the fact as well that Kai and Sky at ringside um, were just like caught up that they'd been beaten. They were, you know, at ringside just looking devastated that they'd lost the belt. So this really felt like it mattered to them, the loss. I like little touches like that where when people win, it looks like it matters. And also when people lose, it looks like it matters to them as well. I mean, generally in WWE, they have that rule, don't they? Where as soon as you've done the job, you've got to roll out of the ring and flee. Did you see that footage online of uh, Natalia uh, just rolling out of the ring after um, Liv Morgan? And she was lying on the table in Natalia and Morgan jumped off onto Natalia. The table didn't break. Morgan scored the pin on Natalia. Natalia just didn't sell it all and she just left. Did you see that, Kenny? <laughs> I did see the clip. It was really funny. I mean, um, God. Just like, what do you say? Uh, yeah, I mean, I know you can say, well, I'm just following the rules. I'm just getting out of the ring so that the baby face can bask in her glory of her win. Let's <laughs> like, sell the move, you know? Um, so, yeah, I, th- I thought Bliss actually had a good match. I thought she really showed a lot of a lot of fire here, you know, with her kicks and with her, she knows she does that weird flip move with her knees. That's the only thing she does that doesn't make any sense to me. You know, she sort of does this weird flip and then lands on an opponent with her knees. You know what it's, I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's, but it's because Alexa Bliss is good at doing basic stuff. Yeah. But she's not very good at doing anything more. And yes. And that one, I feel like that, that one, it doesn't really make that move doesn't make much sense because I just don't think that she's. I don't mean this as an insult, but I don't think that she is of a level where she can put that into her repertoire and make it look realistic. Agreed, agreed. Um, I, I, I thought she had a, it was a real spirited show in here, and um, I mean, hopefully, this is going to fire Asker up as well because she just feels like she's she's just I don't know. She just feels kind of like down. You know, she just feels to me like she's you know, at 60%, you know, we're just not getting the best from her since she's come back. I just, hopefully this is going to light a fire up, fire under her and, um, and just, um, and get her going at, you know, full steam again. Well, listen, that is all the stuff that's happened uh, in the week in wrestling. Uh, we'll be back on Friday on Patreon with the Power Slam podcast and then it'll be on Saturday in the main feeds. Um, and then next week we'll be back here on what's going down on uh, Tuesday, I assume, yeah, unless something happens, uh, where we will be talking about Crown Jewel and the followers. So looking forward to all that, Finn, and um, looking forward to just counting down the days till the next issue of Inside the Oaks Magazine so we can finally read your Jim Cornette interview. Very yes. excited about it. Yes. Have you seen it, Kenny? Have you read it? I've not. It's actually come into my, uh, it's come into my inbox while we are recording. Oh. So I am very excited to read it. So, okay, um, yeah, that, that, I, it's, that's actually gonna be what I do as soon as we get off this call. I'm gonna just cut everything else and sit and read that because I'm very excited about it. So, yeah, um, well, hopefully, people will enjoy it. And I think, well, anyway, we can't say too much more about the magazine at this point, but I'm sure we'll all will be revealed shortly, right, Kenny? Yes, we, we all will be revealed beginning next week, I would say. So, yes, um, but anyway, listen, want to thank you for all your support, everybody. Hope you have a great week, and we'll chat to you soon.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.